Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive episode number 100. Andy, congratulations. We, we did, did it. it. So this will <laughs> be the last it. last episode. We said we're going to do 100. Mission accomplished. Be, be done. So this <laughs> is going to be short. Yeah. This is, this is going to be about five minutes. We're just going to say goodbye to everyone. And It's been fun. It's been thanks real. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. It's been real fun, I have to say. This is more fun than I expected it would be. But, uh, yeah, this, is, uh, this has been great, man. Uh, no, in seriousness, no, we're, uh, we're not going to yeah. do that. That's dumb. In, yeah. In seriousness though, uh, we don't, you know, we don't celebrate milestones particularly. Um, I'm more excited about how we have performed in terms of handicapping and, and coming up with winners and, and capturing values so far in this NFL season than I am proud of us making a hundred episodes. All it really means is that I wasted like what, three or 400 hours <laughs> talking uh, into my phone about sports betting, which is uh, an interesting observation, I guess. Um, but uh, it's been fun. It's been an extremely rewarding experience. Uh, I think it would be worthwhile to kind of um, go through some of the most important lessons that we have learned and talk a little bit about how this has made us better handicappers. And, uh, and you know, does that sound like a... A fun and interesting conversation. Yeah, too. And we we did talk about that a little off air just during the past week, and it's come up numerous times over the past. I guess it's been about fourteen months that we've been doing this because it was. I think it was August of last year when we started. But I, I mean, I said it probably week two of last year. Like doing this podcast is making me a better handicapper. Without just, a doubt, just talking it out every week. And I think that's a good lesson for anybody. And uh, it's tough to say, like, you know, who has found this podcast that isn't directly finding it from, like, following one of us on Twitter. Because you would think there's some of that, but it, a lot of it has come from, you know, the Twitter followings. But, you know, as as awful and vile as gambling Twitter can be, and there are some real shitheads out there. And you know who you are if you're listening. <laughs> but yes, there you do. <laughs> so much can be gained from dialogue, running things by other people, you know, making connections. Uh, there's so many plays that I've stayed off of just like running it by you or, or you know, uh, shout out Zuma. I, I, you know, lots of times will ask, you know, what do you guys think of this? This is my thoughts. Talk. That's the big, uh, the big thing. Here's what I'm betting. Talk me out of it. Everybody there, says yeah. that. And we all there do are, that. Yeah. And, there and are sometimes some of those this week for sure with me. Oh yeah. And so, sometimes that's great. If it, you'll never see every angle, there's never a way to see every single angle. And sometimes there can be something that's semi-important, or even you know, like that'll completely flip a bet for you. And just just making some connections. DMing, talking, talking on the timeline. There's a ton of value that can be gained from from gambling Twitter if you just kind of ignore some of the the shitheads that are out there. Because oh, you know, absolutely. like in like yeah, PSA. If you disagree with somebody's play, don't comment and say like, "Oh, that's gonna lose. That's dumb." You know, I. I hate that. I, I don't mind like people coming in and be like, well, here's what I think. Or like, have you thought of this? Or 
or you know anything like that. I, I love reading, even if it's not my play, if it's somebody else who's commented and there's some discourse and like respectful conversation, like that can be actually interesting. And often you can take something away from somebody else's thoughts and just, you know, when they're talking about someone else's play. So, yeah, I, I think that's, you know, I, we talked before about my introduction to gambling Twitter a few years back and like how excited I was. Cause I'm like, there's just people putting plays out here. This is just, this is like, you know, the free forums. winners. Yeah, free winners. <laughs> like it's like the forums, but better because it's instant and it's just popping up on your phone. And yeah, you quickly found out you can't just tell everybody. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty shitty, uh, pretty shitty plan. Even if you're tailing me, like you're gonna, you're gonna lose. Oh, of course. You go. You have like two or three losing days trying to tell people, and you're like, "How is it that I'm always picking like the cold days?" Because I see these people tweeting money bag emojis constantly. <laughs> like, I'm the problem. I'm like finding a way to pick losers. Um, yeah, no doubt. It's it's a uh, gambling Twitter is a wild place. I've met a lot of really really uh, great people through doing oh, yeah. this, and I couldn't be more excited. I mean, shit. A little bit about our background, like, um, you know, neither of us. I guess you know, for now, at least neither of us are professional betters. Like I could walk away, uh, from sports betting and my, I can quit like anytime my, I want. I can quit anytime I want. <laughs> I could walk away from this. And I think my life earnings potential would probably tick up a little bit. I'm guessing like, uh, and just because like I would be wasting less time, uh, on, you know, handicapping and betting sports and watching sports and putting more time into my actual work life. So, uh, but you know, I actually that's, that's, that's a lot. I would find a different way to waste time. So uh, it's, it, there's, it's probably, it's, it would probably go net down. Um, but, um, but I love, I love watching sports. I love betting on sports. Once you kind of get the bug for this, it's game over for at least oh, yeah. in my, in my opinion. Um, and uh, I concur with all your sentiment. Gambling Twitter, well, if used correctly, it, can be an <clears throat> amazing place. Uh, and and it, it's comparable to being—it's comparable to being in a sports book. And anybody who's ever been in a Las Vegas, or now there's other states, and I'll just say Las Vegas for the ease of—that's what it used to be. You'd go to Las Vegas, you'd go to a sports book. You know, let's say uh, a lot of my first trips to Las Vegas were during March Madness, which is an extreme. But even during like an NFL Sunday, college football Saturday, when there's a ton of people in the sports book and there's, you know, the games are on and you can absolutely, you know, quickly tell what people are on and they're just living and dying on free throws or missed extra points and stuff. I do love that part of gambling Twitter too, where, you know, like somebody misses a big kick or, you know, they, oh, some team, or a, a basketball yeah. team goes on like a 15 0 run and just the, the glee or the absolute meltdowns people have on Twitter or a walk off hit like in baseball and your timeline just fills up with, you know, excitement or just instant reaction, yeah. instant disdain, yeah. despondent. It, it is a lot of fun. So, and uh, so I will, I guess just kind of what we're saying is, you know, while it's fun too, there's, there's a ton of information. Uh, I'll give like, well, your, your uh, rolling. I think that was one of the best ideas from the off season when we oh, when you yeah. brought that, when you brought that up, I'm like, yeah. that's solid. The, the rolling um, situational matrix. Yeah. Looking yeah. at, you know, looking at the situations and, 
you don't have to be an analytics guy to, you know, follow some of those analytical people on Twitter too, and take some stuff away from them. A lot of times I'll, I'll, I follow a lot of analytical people just because they have a lot of good points and, and especially on Twitter where you're limited, you know, they'll, they'll tweet something and maybe they'll link to an article or have some charts or something, but they'll often sum it up too, just in their tweet. And there's a ton of good information there too. So yeah, like if you ever have, you know, questions or comments on, you know, who you should be following or, you know, where some of this best information is hit us up because I've slowly, slowly worked my following to, I, there's still a lot of people I just follow because I like to hear what they have to say, but man, there there's some really sharp ass accounts out there where you can you can find some good information to make your handicapping better. I completely agree with that. I and we continually find more. I mean, I'm all I, like I th- I've I've definitely discovered some new ones for football this season that have completely changed the way I do my modeling, uh, and uh, it's been for the better. So uh, it's uh, it's it's a it's an it's an invaluable resource. I couldn't uh, be doing this without it. Uh, I mean, and just if this is the first, you know, if you didn't catch some of the beginning background history of the deep dive, um, we started doing this in August of 2017. Uh, Andy and I only knew each other from Twitter. Uh, I only knew Andy from chirping like sarcastic tweets at me. Uh, in like, uh, what, like tennis, it was tennis, tennis betting. Yeah. T- tennis betting. You had some very, very funny, sarcastic tweets. And I immediately, it was like, Oh, this guy, I like your sense of humor. I get your jokes. Like, this is very, very funny stuff. Um, and, instant, crush. Uh, yeah, instant, instant. And, uh, we started, uh, chatting tennis with a group of really, really solid guys. Shout out to our tennis, tennis, tennis friends. Um, and, um, Even yeah, yeah. And, and then as the, uh, as the NFL season last year got close, <laughs> even Pete, as the NFL season last year got close, we were like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm really super psyched for NFL. Like, I'm going to retire tennis here in a minute and start handicapping NFL. And you were like, oh, I can't wait for NFL. I'm super into this. And I was like, you want to try to do a podcast and see if anyone listens? And uh, I had done a couple of podcasts with our friend in the middle uh the previous season get a grip uh, get a grip yeah i had done a couple of guest episodes and i got the bug i was like ooh, i love this like i really get into like having to talk out and explain why i'm on a side like this really puts me on the spot and i'm like i could i could already tell that just having you know forcing being forced to do that was going to make me you know, have a much sharper point of view on these, on these sort of things. And it absolutely has paid off. So um, that was one of the biggest things too. And for anyone who does this or anyone who doesn't do this, I mean, putting your plays on Twitter saying, this is what I'm betting this week. It does kind of add a big level of accountability and like, you know, saying like, well, this is what I like. It it does kind of make it, a little more real as far as, you know, I could catch some shit if I'm not really trying. And yes. it, you know, it depends how much you value that. Like if you don't, if you can just block anybody, I guess, who talk shit to you, but um, you know, and come, like and, you said, yeah. talk, talking it out on a podcast, that's a whole nother level. Like if you have to say it out loud and actually defend your plays, especially yeah. when like the guest or you disagrees with me, then you'd really have to defend it. And it does kind of make you think, 
and think and say, like, am I wrong or do I feel strongly enough about this to defend it against, a, you know, a dissenter? Yes, that's right. A red team. Um, but yeah, no. but yeah that, uh, that's more advice. Like if you want to become a better, 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 yeah. better. Like better, put, better. Put, put your shit up on Twitter. If you're, if that's what you, if you're following on Twitter, like it does, it does kind of make you double, double think about it. Like, God, am I betting too much? Should, should like, and also like track your stuff, start a Absolutely. spreadsheet, Absolutely. start a spreadsheet. That was like, that was such an eye opener for me. I'm like, I made like 32 bets today. I am, <laughs> like, I don't need a spreadsheet. I need a Why? meeting. Like what? I need to go. I need to go talk this out. Why did I, I bet women's be... Australian handball? Oh my god! Yeah, oh, no, don't I don't think I haven't bet handball because I have. I made a list. I made a list of everything I've ever bet, like every sport and event and stuff. And boy, it got long in a hurry. Which was not over, wrong with let that. me put the let me put the over under on that at thirty five sports. Yeah, it was it was more than that. Wow. Oh yeah, nice it was nice all kinds of stuff. Nice job. Um, okay. Let me, uh, okay. I like your sentiment and I agree that like, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm going to try to take this road, take this path, start posting my plays, try to be more accountable. Um, just be aware. There are absolute shitheads out there that will give you a hard time when you have a losing day, uh, block those people, ignore those people. Like they're, they literally are just getting off on like putting someone down and it happens to everyone as they sort of get started. And like, you're, you know, the, unless you open out off on like a mad heater, like you just, they, those people will show up and try to ruin your day and ruin your life. Um, and just ignore it. the, um, uh, the other kind of, I guess there's some other historical, funny, interesting ish background. Uh, again, obviously, uh, I'm from California and he's from Minnesota. Uh, we had never met each other until we met up in Vegas, uh, in August, which was funny. Um, and uh, Andy yeah, is, that was, yeah, that was, Andy's that was as, funny. Yeah, Andy's as funny in person as he is on podcast. <laughs> and we and, did, uh, and just yeah, more advice because this is going to be like the advice podcast, I guess, as we just talk history. But <laughs> lessons learned. Up, we, this is lessons we did, learned. We did meet up with a few other people from, uh, you know, from various <laughs> Twitter chats and whatnot, and we ate a bunch of edibles first. It's <laughs> like super bad idea. Like if, if you're meeting a Stranger from the internet, maybe don't get super high first. It just, it just made it trippy. Like, hey, so you're from Canada, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will go the other direction. I thought you were going to go for a different lesson learned in this. My lesson learned was just going to be, you know, find a network of people. Like, you know, you, if you start doing this, as you start posting plays, like there will be other people, you know, who are at your same level, at your same experience level, at the same you know, same kind of age group, same kind of interest. Obviously, if you're all posting sports betting stuff, like start a message up and, you know, just and use that, you know, messaging group, Slack channel, whatever the hell you want. You know, use that as a means of kind of bouncing ideas off each other. And like it, it, and it, it, that maybe more than anything else about gambling Twitter, I have found to be the most uh, valuable uh, is just those personal connections. And then that net, networking, um, you know, that networking has been invaluable, really. And, you know, you, you share your insights and your angles and your information, people share theirs behind closed doors. And you, all of a sudden you are just building your war chest of tools and handicapping angles and things like that. And that's how you win long-term in my opinion. It's not fading the public. It's not, uh, you know, it's not, you know, it's not looking at trends. It's not, uh, um, you know, it's not necessarily, 
you know, having a, the most absolute fantastic statistical model, you know, it's, it's kind of building experience and, and garnering tools and angles that you can use to, you know, to sharpen your, you know, your process. So yeah, there's, there's no right way to handicap, but there's a shitload of wrong ways. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it is different for everybody does it a little differently. And I think, I honestly think the most effective way is to not box yourself in and keep an open mind. Like, you, you know, not all trends are not all trends or I hate trends for the most part, because most trends are not predictive. They're not, you know, it's just like, well, you can, you can fit it to anything you want. You can go back and move it like, you know, on Wednesdays in March when the queen's wearing a green dress kind of stuff. Some of those get ridiculous, but there are trends that are predictive. There's trends that are worthwhile looking at, you know, not every, not everything should be bet according to a model. You can't just plug numbers into a spreadsheet and automatically bet things that that's, that's going to work to a certain point, but you still need to look at things. And and, and, and a a good, a good modeler knows like, this is where my model is failing. I I need to be looking at this, that, and the other thing I I should take these things to an account. You need to be a balance between situational betting, model betting, numbered betting, trend betting, and yeah. what you're seeing with your eyes, there needs to be a nice balance to all that. Even even the guy that I that we that we are friends with that it runs the most high level, sophisticated sports handicapping models that I've ever come across. The one and only Barry Horse. <laughs> he uses this, this. He uses gut as well. He didn't bet Kansas City or Baltimore all year, and God knows how much money that saved him. Well, yeah, he's, like he he made yeah. a model for the NFL, and he said, like, I'm not like, this is I'm not, <laughs> this I'm isn't not working. Betting, yeah. yeah, I'm not it's betting not any of these because they're they're not right. Yeah, Which, right. I mean, that, that's yeah. what you got to do with a model. Like, you need to, yeah, common sense. Maybe maybe that's the best word for some of this. Yeah, right. Well, and you know, and and I'll say I'll say like knowing market percentages and and watching lines move and seeing steam chasing and things like that like i'm not saying like ignore it because to a degree like getting familiar with that you can pick up patterns on when things will move uh and what directions they'll move uh and you know and knowing when public you know knowing when public sides are cashing knowing when home dogs are cashing knowing you know knowing those sort of things you can have as kind of a knowledge base to understand when there may be overreactions uh, and when uh, there may be, you know, there may be line value that presents itself just because, you know, something crazy happens and there's an, you know, there's an enormous adjustment on the, on the part of the odds makers. That's not based in reality. It's just a reaction to something that happened. Um, And so to a degree, you know, you have to kind of, you have to pay attention to this stuff. You can't ignore it. Um, but you just also just, you know, you have to be cognizant of, of what you think, you know, what you're using as far as realistic, uh, information and input as opposed to stuff that's noise. Um, and there's a hell of a lot of noise out there. There's no doubt about that. Uh, maybe more noise than ever, (laughs) really. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's interesting and fun to talk about this stuff. Um, and uh, by all means, you know, we appreciate everyone who's listening to this. Do you think anyone has listened to all 100 episodes? Oh, I'd say Kelly. And Kelly? H- and uh, you know what? HJ, uh, he he listens to like 13 hours of podcasts a day. So I think, he just, I think he's just forced to because he's run out of podcasts to listen to. Yeah. Are you, have you, listened, to all, have you listened to every episode? You probably tune me out sometimes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I haven't. I haven't listened to any. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes the way their voice sounds. And after the first episode, I did almost quit because I'm like, oh, my voice. <laughs> is that how I sound? I'm done. I didn't really, but like I listened to it. I'm like, I don't know if I can listen to this anymore. We came. I, the people don't know this, but the production team. We came close to replacing you after the first episode. We were like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to work. This, yeah. this guy. This guy. <laughs> and this we, voice, really? we did. We went. We actually went back and listened to part of the first episode today, and the audio quality and just. Oh, it's so bad. Like we, yeah, so we didn't. Bad. We didn't really know what we were doing. We it wasn't. It wasn't great. But uh, which, that's, which which goes to say, if you want to start a podcast. Just fucking do it. It's so damn easy. So, there's never been easier to self-publish uh, podcasts, articles, video. Um, you know, there's an audience for it because, you know, good, interesting content is still hard to come by, even in this age where there is so much of it. Um, so give it a whirl. We have tennis friends that have now started two podcasts. You, you and Kelly are doing the Ball Boys uh, weekly uh, pod, and we have friends in the tennis chat who do uh, the um, the Net Worth WTA podcast for the women's tennis side of things. Uh, and uh, yeah, tons and of And it's our, fun. Some of the other yeah. stuff, like we helped, we helped uh, Jay out with some college previews. It, yep. it's just, it doesn't matter what sport it is. If it's something you're interested in, like it's just, it is fun to just talk about it. Yeah, it's so basically less another lesson learned is just if you have a if you have a dream to do something like this, it doesn't have to be a dream. Is you this, just have is an interest. This, is this our dream? Uh well ki- I'm gonna go ahead and say kind of that's why that's part of why I wanted to do this in the first place is that I was like, if I had enough money to just walk away from my job entirely, what would I want to do? And the answer is like I'd probably want to be in sports radio or something that like i love fucking talking about sports i can go on and on and on about this as you know <laughs> what you can't drop f problems on the radio but no, oh, satellite, well, satellite radio satellite radio yeah um but uh but yeah i mean I, you know that this is this is what i would do if i had you know if i had uh you know fuck you money so um here we are uh the um any other kind of closing thoughts here on sort of lessons learned that you want to you want to document for our 100th episode no, it's just, I think back to like, it is amazing. And I think a lot of people probably have this experience as they go on. It is amazing. Like thinking of how my process was a couple of years ago for betting the NFL, which was just, I mean, I don't know if there was a process. A lot of it was just, oh, I like this team or, you know, betting like an hour before the game start, I'm going to get some action in like just finding out it, it was almost sobering finding out just how that's never going to work. Like you'll never win. If you just, if you just look at the card like an hour before kickoff on Sunday and pick a few games, I'm not saying that it might even work for a whole season. Yeah. You can win for, as we learned from our, from our guest last week, professor shine, you can do that for three or four years before catch, before variance catches up to you. Like it will. Long, long long term. It's not like, it is amazing. Like, just talking to some people and how much work does go into doing it very seriously, picking off opening lines, watching the movement, checking the odds three or four times a day, seeing, you know, just following tons of accounts, reading news, following up on injuries, market entry timing, knowing when to enter, which shout out, like, not that it mattered, but it feels so good to like hit, hit exactly when you when you hit the right number 
Yep, buying yeah. low. Is, and I will go back. I will go so back. Good. I will go back to this one a hundred times over the next year because I just love this play so much. But and you hit it at the same time. The Baltimore Cleveland under. <laughs> it was so opened, good. It, it opened at forty six and got bet up. And I yeah. didn't. And there's, a, I think Andy from two years ago would have seen that maybe if I had looked at a line on like a Monday, which I don't know if I would have, and said, "Oh, it's going up." It's going up. I'm going to bet that over. But I, I was dead set. That was 100% an under game to me. I said, well, I'll take under 47 because I would have taken under 46 happily. And then over the course of the next few days, it dropped down to like 45 and a half, 40 or 44 and a half. So not only got better, a better line than the opener, but it, it continued to fall. Like we found the exact peak. I think you got 47 also. Yep. And there was like 20 points scored in that game. It was <laughs> it, nothing, it was, nothing it was better text, than hitting, text, hitting, yeah. hitting a number in the middle of the week or early in the week when it's high or low, what have you, and being right. I think I like it's being right. right better than the money. Yep, absolutely agreed. So, well, uh, should we get into the card? Final. Well, let's the final point. We ought to just thank. All of the people who oh, yeah. spent, thank you. spent, yeah, th- thank you not only to you guys Thanks for, for bringing listening. me into your home. Yeah, your, thank you, thank you. Car. Yeah, we hope we've made your uh, not only uh, giving you uh, winning plays over the course of this uh, 100 episodes, but also giving you some enjoyment as you're driving to work, uh, sitting in traffic, blah blah blah, working in your cubicle, uh, or uh, you know, sailing on your boat, <laughs> whatever you're doing. Uh, but also, thank you to um, the friends of the pod who have come on and helped uh, do some pretty outstanding uh, storytelling and, and uh, handicapping over the course of this hundred episodes too. Uh, the num- the leader in the clubhouse still with the, uh, with guest appearances is our uh, Zexy German friend Zuma. Um, Which it, he's actually, he's not Zuma anymore on Twitter. He's fake. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's going by he's going by yeah, his professional name now. He's going he's, full he's on all professional into this. Baby and Zuma. Yes, and uh, you can find him at Suma S W. That's two U's for those of you who don't know. W is is uh, uh, two U's. M A A ten. And uh, yeah, he's uh, and then who else? We we got uh, a whole number of uh, other guys that we should probably oh, yeah, just mention for multiple appearances. I don't want to forget anyone. Do you have but the list? Yeah, shout out to uh, Caleb. Uh, shout out to uh, I say shout out. I don't ever talk like this. I don't know why I would do that. Shout now. out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ke- uh, Big Ten Watto. Kelly. Are you a DJ? Yeah, I, gu- I guess. I'm. Yeah, seriously, giving shout outs here. But yeah, Big Ten Watto. Kelly. He's been on a bunch of our tennis podcasts, and um, and uh, yeah, the uh, our good friend Lockie Lockerson, who works at the Action Network now, um, and um, Monique. Yeah. Yeah, Monique, absolutely the parlay queen. Uh and uh the, the mill. The mill. The mill's been on a bunch, yeah. helped us win a ton of money in win- winter winter Olympics handicapping. Uh I already can't wait for Tokyo 2020. Jesus. Um yeah, is there anyone yeah, uh, I, do you really have a list? I can't think of everybody. Jay Woody. Yeah, I'm just thinking back to yeah, last Woody. year. That's right. Yeah, I got uh, Pina Pina, yep. Yep. So thank you. Thank you to all of our guests. And, and, uh, um, let's go with one last lesson learned, uh, as we talk about the NFL. Um, I've always been an advocate of when you do well early in the season, 
uh, it is worthwhile to really think Triple about Triple your you. unit size. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, the exact opposite. Like the temptation is there. As you start to see that bankroll creep, the temptation is there. I'm feeling this. I get it. I am winning. I'm understanding this. I'm going to up my unit size. That or, is... or uh, I mean, the same side, like if you are winning, your bankroll's big, you're looking at that balance in your book or with your credit guy, You've been doing well. Be like, oh, maybe, you know, you found four or five edges on on average for three or four weeks and you're going like four and one all the time. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm doing well. I'm going to play like eight or 10 games this week because I'm doing so well. Great. And then point. you have like, you have like a two and six week. Like don't, yes. don't add plays just because you're doing well. Absolutely. Great. Great point. Yeah. Adding, adding volume, increasing unit size. These are classic classic ways that the bookmakers win long-term against you like that is this is how it works uh playing sports that you're not really comfortable with just because you have that you know look that just looking at that bankroll and seeing all that found money uh it's really easy to be tempted into giving it back uh so don't do it uh and i will say that uh one of the effective ways that i i don't know just kind of managing emotional aspects of this is like look if you have additional bankroll if you're not willing to draw it down yet uh, you want to wait till the end of the season. Look at you know opportunities to invest that in the futures market, uh, such that you'll have flexibility down the road uh, to come back and you know make future bets and guarantee yourself even bigger profits. You know, and then there's lots and lots and lots of soft numbers in the futures market. I am not saying I know what those are. I am just telling you that through five weeks, we really have no clue how some of these divisions will finally finish. We have no oh, clue yeah. how the playoff. We did talk. Did I bring this up Don't yesterday? No. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. This was something I, I can't remember. I follow a couple of those just those shitty sports book, you know, their their accounts because I like how they do just post stuff all the time as far as future. Like, hey, here's a bunch of future odds that just went up at this book or that book or even following like covers. They do a lot of that. And boy, the NFL Super Bowl odds went up. And something to be said for futures, you don't have to think it can actually happen to make money off something. You know, if you can get a big enough number and you can get a team into the playoffs, that's all you need to make money on a Super Bowl future. If you can have, you know, a 30, 40 to one to win the Super Bowl, get themselves even. Uh, boy, a home playoff game would be ideal, but even a playoff game, there's a good chance to make some money through arbitrage or, you know, hedging arbitrage, whatever you want to call it. So I saw some of these numbers popping to win the Super Bowl, and there's there's probably some money to be made in a couple of these divisions. And we didn't really have time to break it down, but like the the AFC South, somebody has to win that. And even you know the Jags are 16, 16 to one, which maybe isn't a huge number, but if you if you think the Jags are going to flounder, you can get massive numbers on like the Titans or uh, what, what were we deciding was was there any other value there? I think it was. I, I'm, I'm cold. I'm cold on the Titans. I'm cold on the Texans. But like, there's going to be some wild card teams that get into the playoffs. The Titans are sixty three to one. You don't need. You want to know. My wild card look would probably be the the Colts, to yeah. be honest. I mean, the, Col- the, the Colts, Colts have an easy, easy schedule, and Andrew and Luck is the best right quarterback. Now. Is Andrew Luck the best quarterback in the a in the AFC South? 
Yeah, I mean, just because Deshaun Watson will be dead within weeks. <laughs> He's uh, getting battered. But yeah, man. The, I, if, you think, if you think the Colts can turn it around and make a run for 8-8, eight and eight, you see that they're 250 to 1 at Bookmaker to win the Super Bowl here. This this week they're playing the Jets. Next week they're playing the Bills. Yeah. Uh, and they have games oh, remaining against – did you? Uh, what are they to win? Just out of curiosity, if you're looking at the futures numbers now, because I'm looking at their schedule, what are the uh, the Colts to win the South? Oh, I don't have that up. I'm just looking at uh, to win the. I don't know if those are up right now. I'm gonna have to pull up five dimes. I'm in a couple other books. No, but, I'm, uh, sure, I'm sure they are. But they, yeah, they have. They just played New England. They just lost in primetime, and now they are playing Jets, Buffalo, Oakland into their bye. Uh, they presumably will get a lot of their pieces on offense back. I kind of am feeling like I want a little bit of Indianapolis to win the South. Yeah, this isn't maybe as far as lessons and whatnot. There's something to be said for future bets made throughout the year. A lot of times, if you look at that schedule, there's a much better time to play a team than before the season. Because there can be some huge discrepancies as far as the odds compared to maybe what their schedule is going forward. Or, you know, if you feel confident in a team turning it around, you think maybe, you know, Andrew Luck is going to get better week by week. Hilton will be back here soon, and they can be a team that makes uh, the playoffs as a wild card. If you're holding, I mean, it's Colts to win the AFC 88 to 1. Colts to win the Super Bowl, 250 to one. You know, I'm the record at, sucks. But yeah, they, I'm they, looking at they, the, they, give me 20 Colts, to one to win the 20 South. to one. That's the what I want. That's what I want. Colts, 20 to one to win the South. You're talking about a team that will have, after they play at the Jets, they will have played four out of six road games already. Uh, they will only have had that one overtime loss to the Texans uh, in division. So they still have five games left against Jags, Tennessee, uh, and um, uh, and uh, Houston, uh, Houston. I think I'm prepared to say goodbye to the Texans on the basis of Deshaun Watson getting his, you know, just getting broken and beaten and battered. Um, so uh, you know, of the kind of the long shot wild card, invest some winnings and and look for a lotto play. India twenty to one to win the South makes all the sense in the world to me. Uh, I really am digging that. Um, can I make a case for another interesting one? Um, well, the other, the other division I really wanted to look at was the NFC East. Okay. And I don't know if that's where you're going, but there's, well, let's, let's talk there's, about there's some teams in that you know, somebody's going to win that division. Yeah. So basically the question you ask yourself and cause the Eagles are basically minus minus one ten to win the East. They're even not. So basically you're saying 50, 50 chance that the Eagles do not pull this off. Uh, and if you are of the 50% chance that they don't, uh, it should be pretty straightforward to rule out one of the teams. <laughs> and I think we all know which one that is. Uh, and the other two have pretty decent plus money paydays. Um, how are you going to approach this? Yeah. And to be fair, like in my, in my portfolio, I have Cowboys plus 450 already from preseason. So okay. I looked at it like technically I could, if I want to just say the Giants can't, can't do it. There's no chance. I can bet the skins in Philadelphia and guarantee money right now. But I think, yeah, it's it's based stuff. You you really got to look at the schedule and d- determine what you think. You got to make some you got to make some judgment calls going forward. Like if you want to bet Philadelphia to win the division and you think they win tomorrow 
or today, whenever you're listening to this on Thursday night, you should do it before that because that number will be gone. Yep. Is gain another divisional win, another conference win, and I mean just a win in general. And you know, they're favored by about three on the road. It's not nothing's guaranteed, but if you think Philly maybe you think you know the Giants can sneak one out and you can be looking at a nice plus number on Philadelphia. But I think with with, with how I'm sitting on Dallas, I think I am gonna grab some Philly and even money just to cover that stake. And then hopefully it's not the Redskins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to stay away from the East, but I, I yeah. like I'm just, I, I'm I like only, I'm at. only getting involved because I'm already involved. Yeah, like, no, I bet I, I have, I, like, I have Cowboys. I like Cowboys have come though. down a lot off of 450. They're down three, 325. So they're, you know, I, I gained some value on a team that's like two and three to start the season, which is hilarious. But yeah, it is pretty great. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass on the East. I, I think Philly is still the best team, and I think Wentz will get stronger, and they'll find some crazy way to win it at like nine and seven or something. Yeah. And that's where, that's where I want to cover um, that Dallas liability with some yeah, silly right. money. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Um, so then uh, let me ask you then NFC North, I think is still also one that you have to chill and wait a little longer on. Yeah. Uh, I say that because Chicago still is kind of, they have three very winnable games against the dregs of the AFC East coming up. You see what they did with Chicago's schedule? They play four AFC teams in a row. That's weird. Miami, New England, the Jets, and Buffalo all in a row. Um, I would think that they get how many wins there? All four? No, I'm just kidding. They'll probably win at least two, potentially three out of their next four games. If they win three of the next four, that makes them six and two after uh, eight games. Is that right? Something like that. Because they already had their bye, so they're only... um, they're three and one. They'll they'll be three and one and three and one. They'll be through two quarters of the season, through the half half point of the season for them. They'll be six and two, um, and at that point they go to schedule hell. Um, most of their divisional games are in the last half of the season. They'll have to play Minnesota twice. They have to play Detroit twice. They got to play the Rams and the Packers. Um, there's not a ton of winnable games left in Chicago. So I think your your approach for looking at the NFC North is to hold off until Chicago gets through this AFC East stretch uh, and then look to find some value betting against them. Unless you want to bet Chicago now and you think that, that you, know, you can hold a plus 350-ish ticket uh, and then come back later and get like a Minnesota or a Green Bay or whoever you think is looking good come November. Um, if NFC West is a skip... AFC South, NFC South, I think is a skip too. Yeah. I think the Saints, I think the Saints have that. Uh, and, I don't think, like, I don't believe like in Carolina. Here too. You, you have to do some, if you do want to get involved with this, it is beneficial. Pull up four tabs, pull up four schedules, look at all four teams schedules and look at maybe if you, if you do have an opinion, like I think, you know, I think let's just say, uh, the, you know, the Steelers bounce back despite that defense and will will win that division. Look at all four teams' schedules in that division and see if now is the right time. You know or what I'm going to do? You know, maybe you just there, gave there me is a great a, idea. You just well, gave me a great idea for a post. I'm going to take after this week's uh, week six games are in the books. I'll put I'm going to take the situational schedule. I'm going to rearrange it by just division. Right. So I'll put all four teams together and then I'll put the record for each team and the odds to win the division for each team 
and just Ooh. kind of go boom, 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 boom. So you can I was, have them all. I was giving you homework to do. I know. Well, this is a good, I, I mean, cause I'm going to be using it as well. So if I'm, if I'm going to take, spend the time doing it and using it, I might as well share it. Um, but this is a great, great call. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind doing, I wouldn't mind doing something. And this is a way bigger project. A lot of times what I'll do instead of research, I'll say something out loud like this and the whale will be like, Oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do that for me. So <laughs> because, lesson learned. Uh, there, find, there is something to be friend, said. Yeah. Find a friend that you can inception into. Yeah. Find a friend that you can inception into doing some homework for you. Um, because okay. I, I wouldn't mind looking, doing some look at the look ads and seeing, you know, just based yeah. off, you can, you can just, you can throw a spreadsheet together. Let's say, and you could start throwing in the look ahead lines. And I mean, every, every look ahead line can be, you know, you take the money lines and if they're not offered, it's not hard to, you know, what's the yeah, word we take, you know, like if we extrapolate, take, like if we you take, can extrapolate uh, the money lines money from, lines, yeah. from the, from the, the spreads and you can, every money line can be for them. Yep. And you can infer, well, and you can infer it into a probability. Yeah, right. You know, exactly. Implied yeah. probability. And you can start looking at like, well, here's here's kind of this team's implied probability for the rest of the year as far as where they should end up at as far as wins or losses, probably probably a fraction or a you know a decimal number. And you could start looking at that too, just based on the look ahead lines. Because well, I think can, yeah. at, th- at this point in the year, you have a better understanding and the books also have a better understanding, which you can use to your benefit in this case of what teams are there. You know, those look headlines will all move there. Nothing's going to stay static, but they have a much better understanding of what these teams are. And that those lines are going to be based on that. It'd be very interesting to see, you know, where, where they think some of these teams end up just based off the probability of the lines going ahead. Yeah. Okay. This is all sounds like a lot of work. I might have to take the rest of the week off. Yeah, now we're talking. Uh, okay, so let's skip the South. Let's skip the West uh, in the NFC. Uh, I don't think there's tons of opportunity there. Uh, let's skip the AFC East. I think the Patriots have shown that they will, you know, will run with that. Um, let's talk about the uh, real quickly. Do you see value in the Steelers in the no. AFC North? You think that the winner is going to be Baltimore or Cincinnati? So I think the whole, oh, the Patriots are dead thing, you know, that's overblown almost every year. And then they bounce back and Patriots are minus a thousand to win the division again, all of a sudden. And I think we've done that a few times with the Steelers, but man, just the Steelers aren't the Patriots. How about if I'm, what do I do? I think it might, it might be time to shovel some dirt on them. What do I do if I'm holding field over the Steelers at plus 170? And I'm also, I think I also have Bengals plus 1100 to win the North. Do I back Ravens? Just get Ravens. I might have to just take the Ravens ticket. You can win win the field with the Ravens too. You might want to take Steelers Steelers to cover your liability. Just bet Steelers plus 250 or whatever it's at to to cover your liability. It's actually plus 290. That was surprised by that. Wow. Um, yeah, okay. That's, that that speaks volumes. Big game this week. Uh, big, big game this week uh, versus Cincinnati. That might change that landscape big time. Um, AFC West. Uh, I there is the there the this one to me is one I'm curious of your take on because we've seen it year in year out where Andy Reid teams fade as 
teams catch on to whatever it is they're doing that given year in terms of wrinkles. They don't have as deep of a kind of a scheme book of new looks uh, and they eventually get caught up to. Um, I think in, yeah, in years past, there was it was never this big of a jump on the field. Like the Raiders and Broncos are essentially, you can write them off. I mean, if you really think the Broncos are going to turn it around with Keenum and the Chiefs are going to fall off that hard, there's a big fat 25 to one out there, maybe more in other books. I'm looking at bookmaker uh, Bet DSI right now. I think I'm, I got to look at the, and the, again, I'll say it. I'll say it every podcast till the, the end of history line shop, because like we we're talking Steelers, one was 240, one was 290. 50 cents difference. That makes a big difference over the long haul. Absolutely agreed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I am not really getting in line to fade the Chiefs uh, to win the West this year as I would well, have another even, year. Even if they do tail off, they're not, I don't think they'll tail off enough to lose the division. Yeah, I especially because it, it would take like, a they hard have, tail. They've played a ton of their road games already. They're on, yep. They got another road game this week against the Patriots. They've played a ton on the road so far this season. They have a lot of home games as you go into the uh, latter half of the season. The Kansas City Chiefs are absolutely look for real in terms of the uh, the, the way that the landscape is going to shape out in the AFC, which you could not say from years past. Years past, it was pretty obvious that they were just grossly inflated price-wise. I don't think that's the case this year, just because of the way their schedule has shaped up. Um, you ready to get into week six? Should we talk some, some yeah. football games, some actual games? Yeah, um, let's get on. Uh, let's talk. Uh, you know, I brought up NFC I brought up the NFC East. I guess I misspoke. I think I have Dallas like plus three seventy five. I have the I have the Ravens plus four fifty. Which Ooh, that's a nice grab. Nice yeah, I, I might actually end up with some other some money to hedge that out too. It's it's uh, tough because it is kind of it is a three team race there. Mm, okay. Um, so let's yeah, talk let's, about uh, let's talk Eagles game. Giants. Yeah, Eagles and Giants play on Thursday night. We saw this open at minus two and a half. It got bet up to three before I could even click my mouse on the number. Like, like I don't even know if bets were actually offered, if this was just a tease. Um, but there may be some people out there who have two and a half. Who knows? Uh, it went up to minus three, relatively decent juice. Like, I think I saw about minus 115 at Pinnacle uh, before getting steamed down. Giants money came in. Giants I'm money showed up today. After the injury report came out, and I'm not even really sure what it was. Maybe the fact that Olivier Vernon was confirmed to play. Uh, the, that number got steamed down quick. Uh, we continue to see the undertake money. That's down to 43 and a half. Probably going to go to 43. Um, this, is, uh, this is an interesting uh, market move that I did not see coming. I got bought in at giant at a uh, New York. I mean, I'm sorry. I bought in Philly minus three at minus one Oh four thinking that it was going to go to three and a half, maybe even four. Uh, we have a rookie head yeah, coach with you. Yeah. We got a rookie head coach on Thursday night football. We don't get a ton of opportunities to play against this guys. Uh, and you got Pat Shermer, uh, making his debut, uh, for the giants on Thursday night football giants coming off a heartbreaking loss. Heartbreaking. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, this kind of sets up situationally very similarly to last week, uh, with the Colts going to new, you know, going to new England with the exception of obviously the Colts were badly injured, uh, and they were on the road. Um, but 
Philadelphia, to me, I still like this play a lot. Uh, I just don't understand why the market moved against us here. You got a feel? I mean, it, it was kind of the timing was right around the injury report. So it, I, I think it had to be based off that. Some heavy money came in somewhere and everyone just followed suit or I, I don't know. It's not like it took a hard move, but it was it was not the move I expected, which, you know, it, that's back to, you know, quick flip back to lessons. If you see if you see moves that are implied as sharp moves or even just heavy moves based on a ton of money coming one way, I feel like some people get so worried about that. Oh, but, sure. But even if it is a true sharp move and all the sharps are on something or all the smart money is one way and 100% that's a, that's true and you, you could somehow know that that's 100% true, I mean, those people still lose 45, 40% of the time. You know, it's not like, oh, this, this play's dead. It's guaranteed dead. If a line moves against you, sometimes that's just how it's, the market's moving. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I don't, um, I don't worry too much about it. I, I, the only reason I would worry about something like that is the fact that, uh, you might not have got the best of the number if it moves against you. Good point. Good point. Um, my angle on this really, I like the way Wentz looked frisky against that Vikings defense in the second half. Oh, fourth he, quarter was kind moving, of he was moving he was, better. That's a hundred percent part of my handicap. He was moving better. And, uh, they get, uh, their most important pass rush piece back in Derek Barnett. Uh, Philly defense has not looked as good this year as we saw at any point during last year. Um, but they still have Fletcher Cox. Derek Barnett being back, I think, is a huge, huge component in this game because uh, if you can get, if you can put a little bit of heat on Eli Manning, we know that this guy is washed. Uh, we know that there's chemistry issues going on in the locker room right now. Uh, a close, just soul-crushing loss like that with a 62-yard field goal from Carolina, I think, you know, that is going to play into this. OBJ making just weird you know, anti-New York statements to ESPN and then the teammates kind of slowly finding out about that and trying to rectify and understand why he's apologizing. All this stuff uh, to me smells like this is a really bad spot for the Giants. And I really am excited about the uh, the Eagles here. Model-wise, I'm only capping this as a four-point game. I'm at 24-20. Uh, I wish I had a little bit bigger edge, but I'm still happy taking minus three at minus 104 is what I already got. And uh, let's go Eagles. Let's write the shit, man. Let's get your skip get back to the playoffs, guys. Um you're yeah, they just yeah, I'm with you there. Same kind of most of the same reasons, just rookie, and he's not a rookie technically, I guess. He did coach the Browns. I'm not sure how much we're gonna count some of that. <laughs> Those were rough years too. But a newer a newer head coach on Thursday night's tough, the short um the short turnaround, um, looking at other Thursday night footballs, the home team has done pretty well. But if you look also at all the other Thursday night footballs, the home team, the away team rather, traveled much, much, much further. That's a great this point. Is, this is not a huge, you know, Minnesota heading all the way up to Los Angeles or somebody heading multiple time zones. This is Philly to New York, Philly to New Jersey, rather. So great point. The, tra- the travel spot isn't quite as bad for you know. There's teams if you do have to fly cross country, you're losing. You're probably losing a whole practice. Whereas Philly, just getting over to the Meadowlands, 
that might not be quite as bad as a travel spot. I really like Wince. Wince's numbers, his efficiency has been garbage, but I did see some nice things against, uh, you know, Minnesota's defense had some trouble, but I thought they played well. And Wince in the second half, he had some nice plays. He was moving with his legs a lot better. I think that's going to start to play into him being an improvement on the offense improving around him with him moving around, moving the pocket, making places like, so I do like them minus three. I got minus one Oh five. I didn't get as good of a number as you. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, by ascent. <laughs> good job. That's not, that's not going to make a break. Uh, let's, uh, DM. That's a good point. Uh, DM. It's worth mentioning, I guess, I, he's not technically a rookie head coach on Thursday Night Football. I'm looking at his Browns records. Uh, he had two Thursday Night games with the Browns. Both times the Browns performed relatively poorly in division. Uh, so maybe he didn't learn his lesson. Uh, that's my my that's my hope. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about Sunday's games. The uh, first one on the card as we go down the rotations, 251, uh, Minnesota Vikings in a familiar spot against a bottom-feeding team at home. Uh, how are they going to blow this double digits uh, line? I got to think back to who asked me this during the bills, the bills lead up and that was, you know, that was a bigger line 17, but it was similar, a big double digit favorite with a lower total. I want to say it was that uh, Cynthia character asked me about the, you know, like a total and I hate totals in games with huge lines like this. So you just, there's so much unpredictability and it's funny. I said, I think I replied, like, it's tough to say in a blowout because (laughs) it, it was, it was, it was, it was supposed to be a blowout by Minnesota. And I guess it kind of still was a blowout and there's so much variance in a game that gets away like that, where maybe, you know, a a team could get up by three, four, five scores. Like you look at maybe the Rams versus Arizona game early in the year, that game would have gone over if there was any sort of semblance of an offense from Arizona. And I, I think I'm pretty sure that stayed under. So, you know, you could end up with a situation like the Packers bills where it's 22, nothing. And the game never was in doubt, but also never had a chance of going over. So this total as is a total stay away. Cause I hate, I just going forward, any total in a blowout game is so tough for me to look at because it, it's, it's not supposed to be a competitive game. And then also just Vikings minus 10. That's tough, even at home. I did like how their offense looked against Philly, especially in the first half. Defense seemed to step up. But I also saw some nice things from Rosen. What's the what's the guy, the 75-yard touchdown? He was a uh, yeah. – you know, maybe, maybe they have somebody. He was a decent uh, – yeah, they. I mean, you know, they, I didn't think they had a receiving weapon, but yeah, that uh, that is kind of an interesting little chemistry move right there. Christian Kirk, Christian, Christian Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, I'm I'm with you in this is being a stay away because you have two teams that are coming off of really emotional wins. Uh, the Vikings exacted some revenge uh, in impressive fashion on the road in Philly, and the uh, and the Cardinals uh, got off the Schneid. Yeah, they got a, they, and it was a division, division win. win. Yeah. Granted, you know they. It wasn't against Jimmy G like they'd planned come the beginning of the year, but still yep. to rookie rookie quarterback bringing the rookie quarterback. Well. Yeah. yeah, no, that that was huge for them, and uh, it does seem like a flat spot for Arizona. So maybe there's an angle at Minnesota first half if you think they can try to come out to a hot start and get this one put away. 
you know, heading into, it looks like Minnesota plays, they got to travel to the Jets next week. So maybe they want to get this one put away early and get ready for a travel spot next week. I like that look a lot. Minnesota first half might get a little, little t- taste for me. Um, okay. Let's move down the card to maybe some of the more interesting games. I got to play on this one. Chargers oh, and the Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland uh, just won again. Uh, amazingly, they beat the Ravens with four field goals. Or did they kick? They had a touchdown, missed extra point, and two field goals, right? Uh, sure. But their their kicker kicks a knuckleballer from 37 yards, barely makes it in. Uh, Hugh Jackson then indicates to the team that they will go for two. After making the field goal, <laughs> we didn't talk about that on Sunday, but that was utterly ridiculous. I don't know what the hell was going no, on. CTE there. is real, and <laughs> even even coaches, which I uh, yeah he yeah he is yep. a bad he's an enigma. I don't know what to make of Hugh Jackson, which yeah I've heard this said, I've heard this take before, like. Maybe maybe Baker Mayfield doesn't want to win games as much. Maybe it's not a great idea because you're going to end up keeping you around for another year. And boy, he's inept. Yep. And on the other side of the ball with the Chargers, you don't necessarily have you know Anthony Lynn splitting the atom, uh, but he does have an advantage, coaching advantage, in my opinion, uh, over uh, uh, over Hugh. And I like. The Chargers in general, I think they're building some momentum. I think they're going to be a team that we are interested in continuing to back at low prices like a minus one on the road here. Um, I think that uh, you have some things coming together on defense finally for the Chargers. We saw some impressive play from this defense against the Raiders offense that I think is for real uh, last week in L.A. Uh, and we've seen the Chargers and Phillip Rivers play relatively well in this early time slot over the last couple of years. For whatever reason, they've kind of they know what to do as a franchise to be prepared and adjusted and, and kick ass in the spot. Um, I'm actually capping this one as one of the bigger differences between the uh, line and my projection of all of the sides this week. I'm capping this as a seven point game in favor of the Chargers based on some pretty favorable matchups that I'm seeing in the passing game for the Chargers. Um, and so I'm selling out to minus two and a half here at plus 112. Uh, have you heard or seen anyone else out there advocating for Chargers this week? I know that the Browns kind of fall into a pretty popular spot, at least to this point in the season, being you know a, a, a small uh, home dog. Uh, and those have been hitting at a pretty high rate. Uh, have you heard anyone make a case either for or against? Uh, Cleveland uh, I, haven't, I haven't really seen people like right away. It pops like, cause it's still in your head. Like it's ingrained that bias, like, Oh, Cleveland sucks. You get another team, you know, as a pick or minus one, but, uh, chargers on the road heading East can be rough. Cleveland's defense is sneaky. Good. It they is. have some sneaky playmakers. Yeah. They have some playmakers on multiple levels of that defense that's a little scary for uh <sighs> rivers can be mistake prone at times but man they they just have the offensive weapons to go and go and get it done what do you what do you make of the the cleveland rush defense i because i feel like maybe that's yeah. maybe it's not, maybe it's not a big rivers game where he throws for 
three and a quarter and a few touchdowns, but maybe you see a lot out of that, that running game. Yeah. I was expecting the, basically the opposite of what we've seen to this point from the Cleveland defense. Um, they were amazing against the run last year, like ridiculously good. But I think those stats were flawed by the fact that most of those runs were when teams were just running out the clock and putting them away. And so they, they, you know, held running to two, one and two yards a lot. Right. I don't think, and, and their pass defense was so bad last year. They just gave up so many first downs on third and long. Uh, and uh, they've improved based on, you know, drafting some good players uh, most notably Ward, who is legit. Um, but they're and, and you know, drafts in the past. I mean, just some of the defensive linemen they've got in the past couple of years. Yeah, but this is still a team that when it goes up against a top tier offense like the we saw in the Oakland Raider game, they gave them forty five points. They couldn't stop them when they needed to. They have holes. They have you know they have a problem on with their defense, and his name is Greg Williams. Uh, I think you know. I think the it looks like EJ Gaines, their cornerback, is questionable. It looks like Demarius Randall's dealing with the heel injury. He's probable, but if he's not a hundred percent, I like the. I just like the the way that the Chargers match up against this team. Uh, if the Chargers are for real, I think they take care of business here. Um, the handful of uh, injured players on the Chargers' offensive line concerns me a bit that uh, the pass rush might get after them pretty effectively. Um, but if, in, you know, if they can, you know, if they can, like you said, if they can make good usage of the running game, Melvin Gordon's obviously the real deal. Their run blocking has been pretty impressive um, this so far this season. So I, you know, there's enough here for me to be into the chargers. And like I said, for whatever reason, just matchup wise, uh, numerically, I'm calculating a pretty significant advantage for them here. Um, so, yeah, I'm in on on uh, on LAC. Let's get a uh, let's get a comfortable win here. I'm selling out to minus two and a half for them. Do you gonna? Oh, you gonna, staying away from that one right gonna, now. You gonna tease the Browns if it ends up in your sweet spot? Probably not. It's still the Browns. Okay. Um, let's talk about the Bears and the Dolphins. Interesting spot here. We see a Bears line open minus three. It takes immediate heavy duty money. Uh, it took some of my money. I grabbed Bears minus three at minus 106 uh, just because of the incredible mismatch that is created between the Bears uh, pass rush and the absolutely depleted Miami Dolphins offensive line. Uh, Bears are coming off their bye here. Bears went into their bye absolutely white hot, scoring 48 points against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, we got Matt Nagy coaching the Bears. He's a disciple of uh, Andy Reid. Do you buy into at all that Nagy's going to be uh, firing on all cylinders? I don't. I mean, I suppose he could have picked up some tricks and tips, but this is this is a tough spot for a young quarterback. I'm all in on the Bears. I'm all in on Trubisky, but that was a that was an outlier game for him. You don't get to play the Tampa Bay defense every week. Miami's defense is better. Miami's defense is probably much better. It's tough to go on the road. It's hot and humid down there. I mean, it's we're getting into October. It's not as bad, but it's still going to be a hot day down in Miami. It's a tougher place to play, especially earlier in the year. I'm not 100% sold on the Bears laying points on the road like this yet. I think it's probably a fair line, but 
right? I mean, you're saying Chicago minus nine at Soldier Field. That sounds like a big number to me. I always like to flip it the other way and think about that. That sounds like a big number. I, I would think Chicago minus seven. If it were coming off their buy, coming off the buy, even it, it just seems a little big. I'm not saying Chicago isn't the right side. I think it's fair. I think it's it's a Chicago win, small, and I don't see a big enough edge for me to get involved. I'm going to cheer for Chicago. I have Chicago futures. I'd like to see them do well, but uh, yeah, it, it's probably a no play for me unless some Miami money comes in and I can get like a two, two and a half. Mm. Okay. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Miami's in the same spot two weeks in a row here. They're at home yeah. playing a team from the NFC North off a of bye. <laughs> Did you see this? They got yeah. Chicago, and the look ahead is Detroit minus two. So two weeks in a row, they're going to be underdogs to NFC North teams coming off a of bye. One point difference separating the two, Chicago and Detroit. Does that make sense to you? Is no, the, like that, that line, the Detroit line feels like that's high too. Yeah. Okay. We're seeing we're seeing the books make about a flat two point adjustment for teams coming off by. Like that's like if you kind of consider well, maybe the books make like a three point adjustment for home field advantage. We're seeing pretty clearly a two point flat adjustment for buy. Um, so whether or not that's realistic is tough to say. Um, but I like I like the Bears in the spot. I like them to keep up this uh, momentum. My only concern is that somehow, some way Miami backdoors this. Uh, with the Bears looking ahead to play New England next week or something like that. Um, but I think the Bears keep up their momentum. I think the Bears' defense is one of the few units in the NFL that is worth uh, truly capturing the value of yeah. in the handicap. And that, that is, that's tough. That That's the tough part about, like, I'm not saying I'm going to take Miami. And I hadn't thought about Miami in a teaser because I feel like it will be a little low scoring. But, boy, that I mean, just... A run rate here. Khalil Mack is going to force a fumble. I mean, that's just if you want to follow trends like that, that's <laughs> going to happen apparently. Yeah. So, I, and and Miami turning the ball over late. That's also a thing that's happening apparently. So I'm I'm kind of nervous about backing any sort of Miami. Also, they boy, what a what a spot they're in too after just absolutely pissing one down their leg. That yeah. has to feel terrible. That has to feel yep. so terrible right now what they did. So yeah, that's stay away uh, or you know maybe some bears for me. Uh, and yeah. look on it, 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 look it, it's so him. tough. And I, I I respect Gase. I think Gase is a good coach. I I don't want to I don't want to back this under either. It's too that feels, it feels, well, it feels just about right. Like it, okay. it does come to like a 24-20 game. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, let's talk about Carolina, Washington for a hot second. Washington, uh, that Monday night performance was so gross. Uh, and to look that bad coming off your bye, uh, in a spot that's that nationally televised. I mean, I get it. Like it's a coronation night for breeze. I get it. It's in the Superdome. The place was absolutely electric, but to be that flat, uh, and to have your defense quit and not even like come up and even try in the second half of that game was pretty pathetic. Um, they host now the Carolina Panthers. Panthers have some momentum. They're weirdly three and one <clears throat> and a couple of games that they won that they definitely could have lost. Um, interestingly, this one was expected to be uh, Washington uh, about plus one and it opened at at, at a pick'em, and it's been bet out to Washington minus one. 
so I'm not sure what exactly people saw in that game Monday night that would they would make this adjustment toward the Redskins. Uh, I guess if you are kind of really trying to read the tea leaves, Washington's been a zigzag team this year in terms of when they've shown up and when they've no-showed. Uh, and you could say, well, well, they no-showed last week. They're going to show up this week. But coming off a short week uh, and not practicing until Wednesday, I find to be problematic. Uh, so I have stayed away from this one, even though my gut and my reading of the market is saying Washington is the spot here. Uh, are you staying away from this one? Yeah, too, that, or are you gonna that practice thing, that scared the hell out of me because uh, initial thought Sunday afternoon or Monday after the game Monday, I said Washington looked so flat. What a bad spot they were in. They looked terrible even off the bye. Carolina got lucky to get that one at the end after they kind of shit it, shit it at the end to Eli. And I mean, they kind of got beat by some goofy stuff. I'm not saying the, that uh, New York is very good, but what does that say about Carolina giving up 30 points to New York? So I felt like off a high spot, low spot, you know, it seemed like maybe a, a look at backing Washington. I, I don't know. I thought, I thought Carolina would open as a couple point favorite. I thought so too. I, I, I get Washington is an underdog, small dog at home. Yeah, I was looking for maybe like a Washington plus 120. I don't like where it opened. I don't like the movement. No. And <laughs> like there's nothing about this game is is making me want to back Washington. I hope Washington wins because I, do I don't understand how Carolina is 3-1. and one. No, if Carolina goes 4-1, and one, I'm going to be real, real bummed. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's go at Washington. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to put more money into the fire that is the Redskins pile that I started this week. Um, let's talk about Indianapolis versus the Jets. Uh, again, another line movement that I didn't really understand. Uh, this one originally, they opened at minus three. It was bet down to minus two. Uh, and then it was crept, crept back up, I guess, presumably based on the injury report and the likelihood that we will not see T.Y. Hilton. Does that matter? It does. Um, it's, you know, you're going, I mean, if you want to talk about the Colts last game and do you, I mean, do you, bit, do, you think yeah, he, sure. do you think you could take much from that? I do actually. I think that Colts Patriots game, when we look back over the course of the season is going to be one of the more interesting and important and tell us a lot about both teams kind of games. Um, I think it tells us that Andrew Luck is right. I think he got frustrated as hell in that fourth quarter, and he was just like, fuck yes. it, chuck, chuck it, um, because his guys were dropping passes. He was throwing dimes. He was throwing guys open. He was really feeling it in that second half. And his guy, the guys around him just let him down. I think a lot of that is that they're just young, inexperienced guys, and they were in the primetime spot, and they got the jitters. Uh, now they're just kind of buried into a normal Sunday 1 o'clock game against the Jets, the defense and a team that's probably feeling a little bit better about themselves than they should be after whooping the hell out of the uh, Broncos last week. I still love the Colts in this spot. I think that this is a wrong team favorite. I took Colts uh, on the money line. I also backed Colts plus two at plus 103, uh, and I'm capping this one, Colts 22, Jets 20. Um, is there something that I'm missing here? Or No, I maybe, agree. This is, is my one, enthusiasm? I've only, yeah. I've only made two plays so far, and this is the other one, which I'm a little nervous that we agree on two things. But uh, I definitely took I definitely took some indie money. I, I think I'm going to have to go look what I bet. 120, 125, something like that. I just took them straight up on the money line. 
this is a good spot for them to bounce back even on the road. Uh, it sucks that Hilton's hammy is still beat up, but I think they can still move the ball. Luck is looking better. Luck in, you know, completely different spots in their careers, but uh, I think Luck and Wentz are going to slowly continue to get better each week. I, I really like I really like the Colts to compete like we talked about earlier with the futures. Okay. I, th- okay. I think I think they're a team. I think they're a team that can compete for a wild card and they do have some experience. I like their coach. I, I really I really I do like the coach. I don't like bowls. A lot of a lot of my handicap I do look at like coaching matchup because there's some massive mismatches. It can't be the only part, but it, it does have to figure in. Bulls is a dumbass. Like he's awful. Yeah. He's not great. And I mean you have a coach on the field too and Andrew Luck at some point. He's he's not Peyton Manning, but he's he's smart. He gets it. He can he can lead a team and as his arm gets healthy, which I think we've seen it's gotten a lot better compared to where he was week one. He he's gonna win some games for you. He makes mm-hmm. he makes big throws into tight windows, even with the lack of some of the receiving depth they have right now. I think they get this done. I, right, I, don't, think, I don't think they should be a dog. I think it should, like, it should be a pick or minus one ten. Let's go Colts. Or minus one twenty. So Colts, 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 <laughs> and uh, Pittsburgh Cincy. Let's go. Okay, ahead. so this one's going to be interesting because I have to defend myself here for playing an under. Uh, I'm on under fifty three. I'm drawing a lot of kind of concludes, you know, same. I'm drawing a lot of through lines between what we saw with the AFC North matchup last week with the Bengals and the Browns uh, through to this one. Uh, and I'm using a lot of kind of leaning on a lot of past uh, performance sort of feelings about a Bengals Steelers game, uh, especially one, you know, played, played in Cincinnati Um I think that you're going to get a very, very, very physical performance out of both defenses here. I think there is the common cliche about no love lost is legit here. Um, and we are seeing a trend where, you know, these really physical AFC North games are starting to come in unders. Uh, it happened with Baltimore, you know, Pittsburgh. We expected to see a hell of a lot more points in there with the way those offenses were clicking and the defenses both played pretty good. Uh, similarly, uh, last week, uh, Pittsburgh was what, what was the total now? 56, 57. Uh, yeah. and, uh, they hold, uh, Atlanta granted it was outdoors. Granted Atlanta's got some issues. Uh, they held them to 17 points. I like that the Pittsburgh defense is starting to play more physically. My kind of underlying theory is that they fell apart and in this same game, the Cincinnati game last year, they fell apart because the Shazier injury. And I honestly, I don't even think Shazier was that good of a player. I don't even think he was that important to their scheme. I wow. just think, wow. I know. Do, do well, you want to go down to the, the physical therapy center and tell him that? That's terrible. I think he's, I think no, he, he, was, he was monumental. Important. He is a monumental human. He is an inspiration to lots of people. <laughs> I threw you under the bus. <laughs> no, but I, but I, I just to, to add to that. No, like you, I think you're right. Like the, it, they stop playing matter. physical. It ma- well, and it doesn't matter. Like if you don't think he was like, yeah, top ten, you know, at his position, he still was a mainstay of that defense. And you have to have somebody. It doesn't matter. Maybe if the the talent level of next guy up is maybe equal. It's not the same person. And it does take a while. It does take a while for the 
a defense to gel around. Uh, I mean, that's an important position on the defense. It is a leader, a quarterback in the defense, however you want to say it. Like even if maybe Shazier as a, as a player, wasn't that important as a leader, it could have, because it was apparent quickly that their defense was all of a sudden just shit. They gave up like 45 in that playoff game. It was embarrassing. My, my thoughts were that the defense looked worse than the players were. And it was on the basis of that being such a, mindfuck and really making the players play less physical like they like the Pittsburgh defense has kind of made its bones not on being fast not on being good at covering but just like you know being especially hard hitting and you lose a guy to a you know spinal injury like that and everybody's like god is he ever gonna walk again like I'm, I don't want to be that guy I, I honestly think it affected the way they played and I think they've kind of around they are now rounding back into that same sort of physical style of defense and I think we got to keep an eye on Pittsburgh being an under team for a little while here with the defense being a little bit better. And with the offense, you know, they're getting a rhythm with uh, Connor and he's running, you know, they're, they're shortening the game a little bit with him. They can still still score tons of touchdowns against particularly bad defenses. And Cincinnati's defense scares me a little here that they'll give up 35 points or something. Um, but they're playing at home. We've seen them play better at home. And uh, I like, uh, I just, I think 53 is is too high for a game that should be extremely competitive uh, and uh, teams that know each other particularly well. Uh, you know, backing in under in a division game, uh, always you always have a little bit of like a warm, fuzzy feeling about it, I got to say. Uh, and this is no different. Uh, so under 53 for me. And uh, I will be uh, enjoying a, a nice 35-34 win for the Steelers. So, um Realistically, though, who do you think wins this game? Boy, I'm I'm off the Steelers. Like I'm so hard on the Steelers fade right now, but I also don't want to. Like, part of me doesn't want to see Cincinnati win because I have that Baltimore future. So, I hope it's a well fought game where most of the important players on both offenses are injured for the year, and Baltimore cruises <laughs> to that division total. So, I I think it'll be. I think it'll be real close. I think it's lined pretty fairly. I could see Pittsburgh getting the win on the road if that defense does play a little more physical. Cincinnati isn't that good, but I don't I don't think Pittsburgh is either. It's a really shitty division this year. Yeah, I mean, part of me really wants to get on board the Cincinnati fade train, but maybe it's a little early still. Uh, people no, yeah, when I, when I want to fade both to... teams, I don't know what to do. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, um, Hopefully it's a 21-21 tie, and uh, we don't want to wish injury on anyone. But uh, if it happens, it happens. I do that. Um, I, I absolutely do wish injury. <laughs> no shame. Okay. Well, uh, let's get it under there. I really like that look. That's probably my favorite look of the week, I got to say. Uh, and uh, I am thinking that that's like a 47 or 48-point game. Tampa Bay, Atlanta. One where I will not touch the under because I think this is too low. Uh, but again backing in over 57 and a half feels like suicide. So uh, let's just leave the total out of this one entirely. Tampa Bay heads to Atlanta. Fast turf. Uh, Jameis Winston uh, taking over from uh, Fitzmagic, leading his team out of the bye in uh, a game that probably is a true elimination game. Is that fair? Like the loser of this actually truly is eliminated. We said that about Pittsburgh last week. This one really, really actually is, right? 
like Atlanta has so much talent, but I, how do you overcome that many, that many injuries? It's, it sucks. I tweeted that out today. Like it feels like they're just, they should be wearing chargers jerseys. How much yeah. bad luck can you have, especially on the defensive side? Um, this will be, this could be the game where everyone will say, well, maybe James Winston's pretty good because how do you not have a good day against this defense on the fast turf indoors with those offensive weapons? I think Winston, I think this total is probably maybe even low at 50. Yeah, I think so too. I think it should be like 60. This could be a nutty track meet. To just start naming the receivers. If yeah, Winston plays yeah. well at all, both teams. Evans, Jackson, and Howard are going to be out there. Actually, is Howard? I think Howard might be injured. He um, is, but still, then that's kind of problematic for them. I think it's a it's a hair problematic for them because I feel like that's one of the places that they are the softest uh, in terms of sustaining drives and first downs. That tight end position really does matter a lot. I ended up backing Atlanta in this one, and I'll tell you why. Um, I really just I love the way Matt Ryan is playing at home. I love the way he has developed uh, chemistry with these offensive weapons on this turf, and the fact that you do not have, to, you know, the, you don't the fact that you don't have Freeman in here bums me out uh, for Atlanta. Uh, it's unlikely we're going to see Devontae Freeman, um, but he's probably not playing. He's probably not playing, but but with you know with the weapons they have in the passing game, I'm not sure I want. Matt Ryan handing off the ball much anyway. Um, I like uh, if, you know, I'm, I'm counting on Sanu being out there. Um, I would love to see Grady Jarrett out there. I really hope that I mean, it doesn't matter a ton because it's not like the Tampa Bay running game is anything to write home about, but uh, I would really like to see Grady Jarrett out there. Um, and uh, I'd like, this is, this has the feel of the kind of game where a guy like Vic Beasley finally reminds people he's on, a team, you know, and has like a handful of sacks against a good matchup that he's got against you know, an offensive line and and the James Winston who tends to hold onto the ball too long at times. Um, and uh, I backed Atlanta minus three and a half here because I think they score five touchdowns and I think they can keep, uh, I think they can keep Tampa Bay in the four touchdown range. <laughs> so <laughs> Atlanta minus three and a half to me at uh, plus one Oh five was my play here. And um, the Atlanta Falcons are about to go on the road a bunch. It's actually, I'm sorry, they have one more home game against the Giants next week, and then they go out on the road a bunch. Uh, this is Atlanta's fourth home game in five weeks. Did you know they have six, sorry, five home games in six weeks early in their schedule? How weird is that? There is some weird scheduling. Yeah, it's a weird, it's weird. Um, but you know, their, this their is, team total is over 30, which I, yeah. is almost bettable. It is. I'm capping them at 33 points, so I don't disagree with that at all. Um, let's go, Falcons. Get a win finally. Uh, show us that your defense has made some improvement. They have a defensive coach in Quinn for cry- for crying out loud. He has got to have the ability to coach some of these guys up. Um, and yeah, and uh, your playoff hopes are all but dead. Yeah. If if you can't get this done, especially in division against you know, the worst team in the division, which actually the worst team in the division might turn out to be you. If you can't. (laughs) Yeah. Not great, Bob. It's, it's, it's crazy. I wouldn't shy away from backing me over here, but I took Falcons because I have a little bit, a little bit more significant edge. Uh, I sold out to three and a half, uh, minus three and a half. And the reason I did is when you have these super high scoring games, the hook is not as valuable. 
it's this is not a theory. This is I've tested this now a bunch of different it's ways. Fact. It's a fact. Uh, if you are buying the hook in a game where you have a total over fifty, ask yourself what you're doing. Uh, because it takes a very special combination of lots of different ways of scoring, and we missed extra points and made extra points and made two-point conversions and made field goals. I mean, there's all kinds of weird different ways, and getting to an actual... Um, you know, an actual difference of three points is not easy uh, when you have a total that this is that it is this high. Uh, so I'm comfortable being at minus three and a half plus one hundred five here, and uh, I'd like to see the Falcons really finally show us what they're made of uh, on defense with their replacement pieces. Let's talk about the London game, Seahawks Raiders. Yeah, this is this is one where I mean, there's a lot of talk early in the week amongst. The people that we talked to said we got to watch, same as last year, same as every year. You got to watch the news, figure out who's traveling because a team can absolutely dick themselves by traveling poorly. And if you had to guess which coach was going to do something like that, I would guess Chucky, John yeah. Gruden, John J. Gruden. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't love what he's doing with the traveling. No. No, they're flying. I this was probably an interesting spot to look for the Raiders uh, to do something good, uh, but they have uh, bungled this, and they are flying over on Friday, right or Thursday night. They're flying a red eye Thursday night that arrives Friday morning. They're doing a walk, one walkthrough, and then they play the game on Sunday. Um, Seattle, meanwhile, is flying overnight on Wednesday. Basically, both these teams are taking red eyes, and if you've never taken a red eye from the west coast of the United States to uh, London, England. It is a miserable. You are a freaking zombie for that whole next day that you're there. Uh, it's like the middle of the night where you, if you feel like it's the middle of the night or the morning and it's like, you know, it's getting dark and the sun's going down and you're like, what is happening? It is just an awful feeling. It is so tough to get on the right sleep schedule. Uh, and, uh, I think that this is going to be a pretty weird game. Um, in the end, I think you're going to see pretty, uh, competent offensive play here. I like what Seattle is finally finding their identity on offense. I like the Raiders offense. I think they're a lot better than what we saw against the, the uh, Chargers last week. I think they're legitimately talented. I think both teams get into the uh, 20s here pretty comfortably, so I backed over 48 and a half. Um, do you have a lean either way on either I side? Do, here? I, I do like to that total. Just be, I like that angle as far as if there is a strong suit for either team, it's probably their offenses, even with some inept play calling on the Oakland side. But, uh, yeah, Wilson's kind of willing this team to stay competitive. I really wanted to back Oakland, but, boy, if it were any other team in the league, I would back them, I think, right now to, to win over Seattle. But uh, the, it does feel like Seattle – probably should be favored over Oakland, even even in a weird spot like this on a neutral. Uh, I don't know how many of these London games have been like both West Coast teams. That feels weird. Like it seems like it's it's not often both teams having to go that far. That is a rough flight. I don't probably see myself getting involved in this, except if it is that over. I didn't get a very good number if I am getting involved because it opened at 47. So probably stay away and I'll cheer for Oakland because – I have bet against Seattle in certain ways. Okay. Okay. Let's get an Oakland win. Let's get some, some heavy duty points in this one. And let's talk about uh, 50 points on Oakland. Ooh, that'd be nice. That'd be real nice. 
Yeah. We, uh, we've we, seen, we've this, seen is it. Is this back up? Are we talking Buffalo or are we skipping that? Uh, we are, t- uh, it's back up. Um, and I don't have a take on it. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> Texas, I, you know, I, here's my, here's, here's my take on it. This is way too many points. The bills are not this much worse than the Texans. Like it's, bills, this bills is the bills nice are not defense. Yeah. They have a nice little defense. This is probably going to be a really low scoring game. Uh, what's his, uh, Deshaun Watson has got seriously, uh, injured rib chest area rib like His rib, rib meat. meat it's bad oh, he's gonna be uncomfortable as hell he is he's oh dude definitely uh he yeah. is not he is definitely not gonna be chucking it way downfield making gash plays he's not gonna be getting gobsy yards he is going to be trying to manage the game effectively uh this is probably an underlook it's definitely uh too many points for the bills but you know, this is a Bills bet or stay away, in my opinion. And I have chosen to stay away, as I will for most Bills games for the rest of eternity, probably. Um, you gonna get involved in this? Oh god, no. If I did, I would I would advocate for Buffalo. As terrible as they've been, if you can find a 10 at decent number, that might be worth grabbing. I just don't uh, Houston's defense has gotten better, but man, I don't see the offense putting up that many points. This could be like uh <laughs> like a 17 to 10, 17, 13 kind of game. Just ugly. I can see that. Yeah. I wouldn't want to watch. I won't watch it. If I don't know it, I certainly won't watch it. No, I agree with you. Kind of a bad uh, one. Uh, let's talk about uh, one that's maybe going to be more interesting. The Rams I'm, I'm, leaving the time zone. Yeah, finally. The Rams are finally out of the Pacific time zone. They are traveling all the way to mountain time uh, to play the Denver Broncos. Uh, notable, they'll be at altitude for the first time. Uh, notable that the Rams have been had a very comfortable start to the season. They have not been asked to travel very much. They have not been asked to travel very hard places. This will be the first kind of test for them outside of kind of comfortable locales. Uh, Rams being out of division don't travel to Denver very often anyway. Um, Denver, on the other hand, looked god awful against the Jets in New York, and the price is built into this opening as seven point dogs. Uh, that's a lot uh, in for, you know, for Denver at home relatively early in the season. Um, I thought really hard about grabbing those seven points here, uh, but at the end of the day, especially it's with how so bad the Rams rushing or defense looked, it was bad. Uh, I want to attribute that more to Seattle doing a lot of interesting things scheme wise in the run blocking game. I have to say. Uh, the more I watched that, the more I was like, man, the Seahawks just held on every fucking play. They just held and were like, we dare you refs to call this on every play. Yeah. And I don't think you're, I mean, I just, I don't think it's going to happen again. I don't think the Denver Broncos offensive line is very good and they're not going to be able to really open up space for Lindsey and Freeman. I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I think this is going to be a pretty competitive game, and I think we're going to see better performance out of the Rams' defense than we saw against their um, their division foot rivals last week. I'm capping this in 27-22 range, so I took under 51.5 at minus 103. It's a small edge. It feels dumb to back an under in a Rams game. These have not come home very regularly so far this season, but here I am holding at 51 and a half. I think this is going to be a competitive game. I kind of 
wanted to back the Broncos, but just Case Keenum has way too many questions in terms of how he's going to be able to move the ball and score points. So I felt like the under was a little bit safer look here. Um, are you going side no, or I mean, total on this? I, I do like that. I lean that way. I haven't bet it yet, but I feel like also, you know, we start talking about uh, the Rams rush defense, you know, if Denver wants to go that way and go run heavy, maybe try to avoid the, try to avoid the Keenum turnover, run the ball. It could be a, and, and also maybe just let's keep the ball out of Goff's hands. Great, let's run great, the ball. Let's control great, the clock. Let's, let, that offense is clicking. Let's keep the ball out of his hands. Try to get some long sustained drives with some running. And then for sure, 52 is too much if they can, if they can control the clock that way. So I lean that way. I haven't bet it. It hasn't moved much. You can still get a 52 and a half, which what are the chances? Up. What are the chances that I capture an enormous closing line value because Cooper cup and uh, Brandon cooks don't play. Yeah, God, I think you talked me into this play. I think I'm on it. Ooh, I really hope. This is, I, yeah. I really hope. I really hope that uh, that the Rams have a couple of wide receivers sitting this one out, and they go just heavy duty, girly, girly, girly man in this one, and just shorten the game, and that this just isn't even close. I'm pulling pulling hard for that. Um, God, does it feel awful betting an under in a Rams game? Though? Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm in there. I, I, I jumped in the ball with you. A game that maybe makes more sense to back an under on, but has an extremely low total, is the Jaguars heading to the Cowboys. And this is a good example of a game where I had a Jaguars play queued up and talking through it with my friends, I was like, you know what, this is stupid, I should not be playing this. And it was born out of the fact that the Jaguars, I felt like, had value at minus two and a half. Uh, It's now up to minus three at most places, but... You know, the, there's they're asking you back minus three with the with the uh, the price that they're offering. Um, the Jags have a wounded wounded uh, offensive line. They do not, you know, they do not look likely to be able to uh, create a sound, comfortable pocket for Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is going through a little bit of a crisis deal right now after how bad he looked in that game with the bad weather. Um, and uh, I don't know what's up with. Some of the play calling decisions that uh, Nathaniel Hackett and and uh, <laughs> Bortles and, doesn't have it. Let's have him chuck it thirty more times. I, I, yeah, when our running game is picking up five or six yards of carry, uh, let's just go. You know, let's go air raid on these clowns. I, I don't know what that was. I don't know what was up with that. Marone and and Hackett really kind of let us down last week in terms of putting together an effective game plan for that Chiefs uh, attacking the Chiefs. Um, and uh, I think I could see this one being a field goal type of game here with uh, Dallas's offense looking especially gross as well. Uh, total is as low as forty one. Uh, that's a low among the lower that you see out there uh, being offered, but. Uh, there's probably value in that. I don't know. One of these teams would have to finish in the teens or or single digits to get that home. So it's, it's a stay away from me. Uh, And uh, even though I wanted to back the Jags, I ended up waving the white flag here after I downgraded some of their offensive uh, potential based on their injuries. I thought about about back in Dallas for a second here, but uh, I quickly talked myself out of that also. They kind of have the whiff of, uh, of popular home dog, that gets yep. mowed. So. They're always, yeah, if you if you Dallas always gets bad. It doesn't matter how shitty they are. They're a public team. So I guess if you do like Dallas, you might want to grab it. It might move. I'm not saying for sure there'll be steam, but I can see them getting bet up as a popular home dog, like you said. Let's talk about a, a home dog that I think is worth backing on the money line, and that is the Tennessee Titans. 
What what a spot for him. What a spot for him. What a spot is right. Uh, Price is depressed because Tennessee looked pretty bad last week, losing to the Bills. Uh, Baltimore is on their third straight road game, but somehow still lined as a favorite. Um, There are problems with the Baltimore offense that we saw manifest against the Browns last week. There are, there's a, you have a full healthy complement of defenders for the Ravens. Um, but for whatever reason, the Tennessee Titans play much more effectively on offense when they're at home. Uh, I'm capping this one as the Titans two point win here, 23, 21. I grabbed the money line at plus one thirty. You with me on this? Not yet. But it is, if I bet, that's the side. You can't, I want to bet Baltimore. I want Baltimore to win. Like, I feel like I'm letting my future bets getting uh, getting in the way of actually capping a game. But, man, it's so, you can't back a team on the third straight roadie. It's too tough. It's just too tough. There's only three of these all season. This is one yeah. of them. The Rams are one next week. The Rams are on their third straight rate, straight roadie. Although even the Rams, like it's not a ton of travel. Same with Baltimore, kind of right. Like Baltimore went to Pittsburgh, that was a tough physical game. They went to to um, uh, to Cleveland, that was a tough physical game. Now they're down in Tennessee. Tennessee has a tough physical defense. They're going to try to grind this out and keep it low scoring. Like I, I could see things just kind of falling apart here for Baltimore just because of the spot. Um, so I'm on Tennessee. What do you make of them and the Titans in general? I still don't think they're good. That's what's holding me back here. It is Mariota. a great spot for them, but Mariota looks uh, pretty pedestrian from time to time. It, you know, all, you go back the years from when they first came into the league, but yeah, how the opinions have changed just back and forth, flip flopping on Mariota and Winston. It seems like that's from, Oh, it's the next big thing to bust. Uh, oh, maybe they're good again. And I, I was one of them with Mariota as far as last year, he was fighting through a lot of injuries all year, multiple injuries all over his body, including more that he picked up more of them in the playoffs. And that's tough. And I thought maybe he'd bounce back. I, I really didn't like how they looked last week. So it's mm. awful tough. It's awful tough for me to back them. What uh, do you do? You, have you heard an argument for Baltimore? And do you understand why they were bet out for minus one to minus two and a half? Uh, just, I mean, the, the defense coming back. I mean, the, the players they've gotten back on defense. If their offense had done anything, if their offense had had one solid drive last week, they and maybe a, even a solid drive early would have worked wonders as far as pulling away. They just couldn't pull away. They couldn't get it done. Flacco threw a pick at like what the one, two yard line. Baltimore is a much better team than they showed last week. That was a pathetic performance. They deserved to lose with how bad they played. And I think if the offense shows up at all, the sharp money on Tennessee might be burning tickets at halftime. Hmm. Hmm. Is, even in a third straight roadie, they just they are the better team. I I don't believe in Tennessee. That's what's holding me back from backing them in a nice spot. Interesting. Okay. Well, Tennessee heads to the uh, to the UK next week to play the Chargers, so we're gonna get to we're gonna learn a lot about them between this week and next week. That's for damn sure. Um, I'm on them this week. I would like to see them get this win, and uh, I put them put them on the money line at plus one thirty. Uh, Chiefs versus the Patriots. This is the first primetime game I'm skipping this season. Um, and it was because I bet like every primetime game. I bet them all, but I haven't bet this one. 
And it's because I wanted to back the Chiefs, but I've heard too many compelling arguments to stick steer clear of them. Um, I'm capping at 31-27 Patriots. I missed the over, which has been bet up to 60. Our first 60 point over in the regular season since 2000. Uh, the last time we saw an over close above 60, it was the Rams hosting. It was the greatest oh, yeah. show on, her, on turf. Yeah, it was the greatest show on turf. Yeah, we saw that one. Uh, we saw that one playoff game with the Falcons and the uh, and the Packers go with closed over 60 and that one went over 60 that was like a no doubt over um but the regular season last time it was the greatest show on turf hosting the niners in like 2000 uh closed at 63 um i regret not getting the over when it was at 57 and a half i knew this was gonna probably be a shootout type of game that was gonna get bet up mahomes matches up extremely well with this uh new england defense the defense the the patriots defense is jekyll and hyde if it can create pressure they look good if they can't they look terrible uh i don't know that they're going to be able to create a bunch of pressure against this casey offensive line that's relatively robust uh and on the flip side we did not see the jags attack the weaknesses of the kansas city defense um which is effectively the ground game uh would have been the right approach which we would have thought the jags would have you know, utilized, but lo and behold, they decided to air it out. Um, I would guess that Brady and Belichick and McDaniels have been slowly kind of maturing Sonny Michelle for this kind of spot. Is that possible that they've been kind of grooming him for being ready for this game where they are going to just deploy him at just at will? They're just going to, you know, just, Try to uh, try to beat them on the ground and try to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Try to keep their suspect defense off the field. I guess maybe. I mean, part of it I think was just he he really had some trouble with that knee coming into the season. So I think that maybe slowed him into the like to the point where he was missing practices and stuff. So that that's tough. Like I, I think that was part of easing him in. He he has looked good. I was a little worried about that if he was going to have injury concerns all year, but I think he'll play a big part of this offense. They they do like that over the years. It's it's amazing how they can pretty much just take any receiver, any running back, and turn him into an All Pro for a week or two. Right, which is why it doesn't I, make sense that they use the first round draft pick on him. It, it it is the Patriots draft like shit though. That's just they don't care. <laughs> they they point. just they throw darts, but uh, yeah, you get. If you can start getting anything out of Gordon and Edelman's back, if Gronk can get healthy, this offense is is going to make up for a lot of problems that that defense might be having. And the defense looked quite a bit faster last week, I thought. So yeah. I, I think that I think this might be a spot where the Chiefs finally run into a team that's going to keep up with them on offense. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, that Chiefs defense is not good. I was worried because I was worried they were going to get Earl Thomas and it was going to shore him up and they were going to be a super team. But I mean, again, I don't hope people get injured, but that, that didn't work out for him. Obviously our old friend, uh, Adam, sure enough on the simple handicap I heard made a compelling case for the Patriots, except he went, we, he went strangely in the direction of the Patriots defense is actually good, which I don't know that I agree with. Do you see that it's at all? It's not good, but it's better than the Chiefs defense. They have the better, I think it might be equal equal offenses with a better defense, getting points. 
If I had a lean, it would be Patriots. I've seen this too many times where you get to week five, six, seven, and all of a sudden, like, oh, shit, they're really good again. Mm, okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, it's in Foxborough. Uh, uh, the Chiefs have traveled a lot. They have spent, They have put a lot of miles on so far this year. Fox, Foxborough, you know, we talk about uh, it was a tough spot going to Mile High or whatever you want to call it for a young guy, but Foxborough at night, prime time. That's a, uh, that ain't it's easy. A big one. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a big, it's a big spot. We've seen a lot. We, we've seen a lot of uh, teams with high expectations and feisty, you know, you know, feisty offenses go into uh Foxborough on Sunday night football and get mowed. Um, ironically, the last time we saw this chiefs team in Foxborough, they mowed the Patriots. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. It was Very weird nice. though. Um, okay. All right, well, it should be a fun game to watch. I'm excited to break it down on the deep dive periscope, halftime periscope. I'm almost certainly going to have a play that I really like in that halftime game because I feel like I know these teams really, really well, and I just can't suss out a good angle heading into the pregame here with these lines, but we'll be able to find a good one at halftime. Uh, good stuff, man. We wrapped up the pod. We'll talk about Monday on Monday. Or we'll talk about Monday yeah. on Sunday. We'll talk about Monday on episode 101 as we work you know, now it's just, we've done our work. Let's head for pod number 200, I guess. All right, man. Let's get it done. Mission accomplished part two. All right. Sounds good. <laughs>